This week on the podcast, it's Mania Weekend in New Orleans. Marty DeRosa has his first match. I call out Sid. Scott Hall calls out Grado. We meet Chico the Luchador, and my mom tells us her thoughts on Scott Steiner. All right, enjoy the show. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. How you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to The Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds and souls, the hearts and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Cole Cabana. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a man with barely any voice left, but I'm a guy who had a great time, who is willing to travel, who is very jet-lagged. I'm a convention goer, I'm a convention attendee, I'm a convention signer, I'm a conventional guy. Most importantly though, I am a professional wrestler and I am sitting here live in my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, it's a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge every single Thursday on coldcabana.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you can support. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Please tell a friend, tweet it out, Facebook it out. Best way that you can support, though, coldmerch.com, digitalcult.com. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, micro-brawlers, wrestling dreams, the children's book, all the wrestling road diaries, documentaries, and so much more. That's at coltmerch.com and digitalcult.com. I've lost my voice. You can tell. I mean, you can hear. I don't know if I've lost it, but there isn't much left. Wrestling, talking, hanging out, eight hours of commentary, and just a lot of schmoozing, as the Yiddish would say. Oh, what a weekend it was. So much fun. We're going to get into it. I, I recorded so much stuff. There's so much to hear. It was a long weekend. Started Thursday morning at 5 a.m., all the way until Monday morning, where I am right now. I wanted to get this done because I'm going to China tomorrow, and I just felt it would be easier if I could get the speaking parts done here in Chicago before I go on this crazy trip of China. So let's get into it. Two flights, Chicago to Houston, and then Houston to New Orleans, where I watched many fans and many wrestlers head past me in first class as they went and sat in coach. And that includes ECW legends, Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn. What are you guys doing? Waiting for my bag. It should be coming. Waiting for his bag. No, uh, what's the weekend for you guys? It's going to be busy. What do you got? Well, we got some merchandise signing today, and then tonight I'm reffing on, uh, I guess, equipment in the main event. I'm reffing the main event on the Wildcat show. Well, the main Luke's. event. You were proud of that. No, I because wanted to be on first. That was like Dennis Stamp being like, I'm reffing the main event. No, I wanted to be on first. <laughs> One and done. He's upset he's on Dreamer Show. And the show starts no, I'm not upset I'm on the show. I was just yeah, you're like, upset. it's 1130. His show doesn't start till 1130 yeah. at night. It's past his bedtime. Oh, yeah. I mean, in reality, it won't start till midnight, midnight 30. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so I'm going to beg him to put me on first. Okay. Reffing or working? Right, reffing. No more working. No, no. I, I could be paralyzed. That's a... That's a, you know, every, I get a lot of people asking, when are you going to come back from retirement? I go, never. You have a ref shirt? Yeah. I've had one in my bag my entire career. Really? Yep. Yep. Come on. Because you never know. Yeah, even Even uh, when you're wrestling like Rob Van Dam and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I've kept <laughs> it in my bag. it up tonight. <laughs> my entire career, I've had a ref shirt. That's so funny. Yeah, That's i got to be prepared for everything. I even had to, uh, one time... When I was doing squash matches for the AWA, I did a house show up in northern Minnesota and set up and tore down the ring and stuff and had a match, and they needed a ref, an extra ref, so I refed uh, Judy Martin and Wendy Richter for Vern, so you never know. You never know when you got to be ready for something unexpected. Great words by Jerry Lynn. Never have truer words been spoken as I got to the Sheridan Hotel on a Thursday. I was going to go wrestle at the Supercon Thursday night. But before I did the Supercon, I was asked to do a favor. High Spots, the same company that has sponsored this podcast basically since day one, are the company behind WrestleCon. And essentially, it's Michael Bacchicchio. He had rented out the Sheridan, I think a year in advance, but so had the American Marketing Association. And they had a conference. They also wanted a keynote speaker. The AMA, they did a favor by allowing High Spots and WrestleCon to have some extra space. So High Spots did them a favor and offered yours truly up to speak at this conference. So Deloney, I will introduce you off of this. Great. So we'll read this. You get to come on stage. We'll, we'll welcome you from that. 
Okay. And you talk as you want. Wonderful. Okay. The clock will be up here. So the screen that has the, well, you see a clock will be there. The screen will have a big clock. Great. I think when you get down to three minutes, it'll be yellow. When you get down to zero, it's red. Okay. And you know, and then the lights go it, off. Yeah. <laughs> then we come up and yank you off. Okay. And you can kick, you can kick the shit out of us, but don't do that. <laughs> but try to wrap it up because we got to try if we can stand on time. Tight sketch. Now, do you want? I know you got something else after. Do you want to meet the kids after? So this yeah, thing I'm should be over by seven thirty. Yeah, I think yeah, that's okay, more than yes. enough time. So we'll, and I went up. What are you thinking? Like a little, a little crew? No, over fifteen hundred college students. Just this giant room with all of these people looking at me and I got to do a solid 15. That was my set for the night. That was my comedy set. 15 minutes for 1,500 kids. Was I nervous? Ah, not really. I had done something like this at the Do Lectures in Wales last summer. So I was going to kind of do the same exact thing. More inspirational, if you will. But, you know, there is a lot of marketing behind my uh, my savviness or whatever it might be. I don't think on purpose, but it's just that's the way it kind of happened in my life. And that's the story I went to go tell on stage in front of these kids. So we have a huge surprise. Everybody knows what's going on in the city this weekend, right? Everybody know other than us. Couldn't have gone more successful. There were two speakers. There was me, the professional wrestler, who does a podcast out of his apartment in Chicago. And then there was the guy who invented grips, the thing that you put on the bottom of your shoes for basketball. And if that wasn't enough for him, he then went and also invented the mission cooling towel. And he was just talking about how he marketed these things, brought them to life using all these SEO and smart words that I don't don't even know what he was talking about. And that, I think, was the fun for me. Two success stories, I think. This millionaire who told me he lives in both New York and L.A. And old Colt Cabana shipping out his T-shirts from his apartment. All right, I had to leave. And I had to start my wrestling weekend that night. Headed over to the Sugar Mill, where everybody was. This was the WrestleCon Super Show. And right away, I saw Jeff Cobb. And I knew he would be the best person to explain the hecticness that was going to happen that weekend. Thursday, I did uh, Wildcat. Uh, 6 o'clock here at the Sugar Mill. And to close out the evening, uh, WrestleCon. Okay, tomorrow? Friday, I will be at Progress at noon. Then I come back here to RevPro. And then finish out the night, Lucha Underground versus Impact Wrestling. And then Saturday? Saturday, I start my day with some pancakes and power drivers. Then I head over to, yep, then I head over to Progress for uh, 12, I'll probably uh, later on in the card, hopefully. And then finish up my WrestleMania weekend with CZW. So three shows every day, two shows today. Yeah. Do you, do you dread this? Or are you no, like, I can't, not, no, not dread this, but like three, come on, eight shows? Uh, realistically, I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> I should have said no, but when I got offered the Ishii match, or Ishii and uh, Suzuki match, I can't say no to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those you just like, Wait till the weekend's over and then you'll be able to Oh, yeah. yeah. When I get back on Sunday, I'll probably just sleep and sit on my underwear on my couch all day. So you're going to sit on your underwear? Why wouldn't you wear the underwear? So I don't sweat on my couch. Oh, smart. (laughs) Wrestlers from all over were coming and just all my friends were just around. And, you know, I just broke out the recorder and talked uh, talked to everybody. Here's uh, Jack Evans, who was sporting a brand new haircut. Did you lose your hair in Mexico? I did, but in November, and then it grew back, and I literally, I just didn't want to do it with the gel and stuff, so I just shaved it Wait, off. did you get the big money match? Yeah, but then I just reshaved it for nothing. What do you get paid for that? Can you tell me? Uh, On the record? Uh, I ended up, it was supposed to be a couple thousand, and I got a thousand extra. 
A thousand extra on top of the th- a couple thousand? Yeah. That's all right. Well, when you're living in Mexico, and you, that's amazing. That's a house. Oh, like, <laughs> well, not that far. <laughs> the house down payment, at least. Because you hear stories about, like, why did they? Is it a big match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had, like, months built up and everything. Okay. And then we were main event of this Tijuana show that was there. Uh, I can't remember what number anniversary. Yeah. Eight or something. You lost. Yes, I Pathetic. did. Pathetic. Yeah, I know. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Uh, well. So you grow your hair back out. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I did not have a match that night. Wink. The Mexicals. Psychosis, super crazy, and Chico El Luchador, who were managed by Juventud Guerrero for some reason, I will not speculate, but the Louisiana Wrestling and Boxing State Commission apparently wouldn't give him a license. So he brought them to the ring, and on the other side was Jason Cade, Matt Classic, and good old Teddy Hart. The match? Mmm, not the greatest, but Rocky Romero just happened to be there hanging out? So I asked him if I could meet the true legend of the wrestling world. So we're here with two people, which is kind of weird. I've never met this guy before. Uh, hey, Chico, how are you? Oh, hello, senor. How, how are you doing today? What a pleasure it is for you to meet me finally in the flesh. I'm sorry, a pleasure for what? For you to meet me in the flesh. You're just going to say that? Is there something wrong with my English? What are you talking about? Rocky, can you explain? <laughs> like, uh, Chico, I, I think that um, just... You, choice of words yeah, that you're yeah, using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the problem? You are saying that I... <laughs> okay, this is... Uh... You're saying that I have a problem with you? Or you have a problem with, the, with my accent? No, I mean, Colt, English? Is, Colt is fine. You've been hanging out with Chico? Is this your new buddy? I don't even understand. He's my hero. Yeah. I mean, just like he's been a, a hero to millions worldwide. Right, but I mean, we've shared locker rooms. You were one of the first people ever on this podcast. Right. And uh, he's never been around. Well, he's always been working in the, in the major leagues. That's what I'm saying. You I, know? Now, you, well, I mean, you even said on the documentary that I, I, I invested basically my whole life savings into this documentary to bring the true story of this legend. Right. But you're just here, like, because you know Rocky has money? Is that what it is? Is that like an old school kind of... No, it's not kind of one of those Mark wrestler relationships. Family. I would never take advantage of a fan like that. Right. Or somebody. Know. It's just, I know what a pleasure it is to, Rocky's to spend not five minutes with you. Rocky's been in the business for 20 years now. I know, but this is my hero. I mean, this is the guy. You got to understand that. Okay. Cool. I mean, you've got a guy. Who's your guy? It's... It might be that guy, Matt Classic. Yeah, Matt Classic is obviously a hero, and right. he's... Um... He's a, he's just he means the world to me. But he's I would crazy. but but you know I would never pay money. I wouldn't spend my own money. Jew Jew no you know. There you go again. You were making fun of the way I thought. No, I, have a no, I was saying because I'm a Jew. Jew, I'm gonna have I, a problem. Jew, with me. I'm a Jew. Disculpa me. I'm sorry. What? Disculpa me. What does that mean? Disculpa me. Are you talking of something funny again, huh? Jew, I do. Got super you're, crazy over here you're laughing. You're too much. Okay. Super crazy, is that funny? Disculpa means... Sorry. Okay. Perdón. <laughs> All right, there's too many luchadors in this locker room. Uh, I'm out of here. That, that, good to see you, Chico. It was a pleasure for you to meet me. Thank okay, you, you, you got to stop with Chico that. Mania. <laughs> Every you, day is Chico Mania. Chico Mania. Super crazy, you're into, you're into Chico Mania? Is he a le- was Chico a legend in Mexico? I mean, you come from Mexico. You wrestled there for years. Uh, he's really, really legend in Mexico. What was your, what was your first year wrestling? <laughs> 25 years ago. What, what year? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. But when you started... You was... got to do the math. You yeah. should be able to do the math perfect, okay? okay. So oh, you're 25 now. So <laughs> no, you're zero on. years old. <laughs> zero years old. And now you're tying his shoes super crazy? Yeah. You're tying Chico's shoes? It is the, the respect that people have for me all around the world. It's my senpai, bro. Yeah. It's my senpai. I am a senpai to many. It's my senpai. To many. Super crazy has been in wrestling 25 years and he's tying Chico's yeah. shoes right now. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. The next morning, it was an early wake up, head downstairs to the convention and get ready for a, for a week of madness. Friday, Saturday, Sunday of convention madness. And the first people I saw were Matt McCarthy and Vince Averill of the We Watch Wrestling podcast. And Matt was excited to tell me that he was at the WrestleCon Super Show and he witnessed something magical. Something that when I uh, uh, saw in the ring, I thought was also magical. I was told there's a story for me. Also, also, can I have a... Um, can I have a sticker for my bag? Yeah. Awesome. 
my WrestleMania moment was last night okay. at the Super Show when when Teddy Hart was no longer the legal man, but he tried to tag in Matt Class. You were one of those people that appreciated what happened. Full out appreciated <laughs> everything. I heard a pocket of people laughing, <laughs> and I'm glad it was you. Because that was the only reaction in that whole match. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Teddy Hart tags out. Yeah. Does a double team with Jason Cade. And then he tries to tag Matt Classic yeah. back in, right? And then I see Matt, and then I see a conversation. <laughs> and then when it was all said and done, Matt Classic patted him on top of the head. <laughs> and his, that's called, what is that? That's comedy at somebody else's expense, right? It's kind of mean. It was bu- bully comedy. I suppose so. But I mean, Matt Classic's a salty veteran, you know? Yeah. He's, he's got to smarten up these youngsters. Matt and Vince went to the, the Super Show, and they went to a lot of shows. A lot of people had a lot of events. Actually, We Watch Wrestling had their own live podcast. But one of the overlying themes to uh, to these weekends is the nighttime madness. Now, you can't live vicariously through me. Uh, I don't have any nighttime stories. I didn't even go on Bourbon Street this time. I did last time, four years ago. This time, I just couldn't be bothered. For me, I really see this weekend as work, 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 as the great Rihanna once said. <laughs> But uh, you can live vicariously through Grado. He was out every single night. Scott Hall last night at the bar was like, hey, Grado, man. Hey, man. When I heard I was working with you, I thought I was going to get the rub, but you were fucking brutal. You're the shits. In front of everybody, man, I was fucking devastated, man. Hey, you know what? I know I'm not the best wrestler in the world. I, you know that. You know what? I know that. And every, you know how I get. I'm just living the dream. I love it. I try my hardest every time I go out there. And for him to say that to me, man, I was like, fuck's sake, man. I was like, you're my actual hero. The amount of times I've got fucking steaming, watched all your YouTube shoots and just went, I love this guy. And then for him to say that, well... Did you tell him to fuck off? Well, as soon as he left, I went and DM'd him on Twitter because we follow each other. Yeah. And I said, "Uh, what you said tonight at the bar was really embarrassing. Take that back, you bitch. You bitch. Call him a bitch. Okay, fuck it. Do you reply back? No, I never replied it. But I've no, but I, I, I'm still, I've still got that fear, fear stage where um, I'm kind of like um, embarrassed to check if he's, if he's read it. Right, but, right. You're not there yet. Uh, got a couple drinks in you, and then check and see if he's slid back into those DMs. But what do you think about that? I mean, I, I would be like, hey man, that's mean. But like, I feel Scott Hall's notoriously been kind of like a bully over the years to people. That's kind of his thing. But I could see where he would be like, like he's the cool kid at the table. He's the the jock a little bit. Right. He's I, the guy that picked on people to make other people laugh right. in high school. So, but I'm, so do you think I've reacted in a bad way? You think I should have just have went, ah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. No, I, I, I would have called him out on his shit. It's just because he's my hero, that's the only thing. I'm like, fucking, no, I mean, ah, oh, I mean, I, I mean, his eyes lit up when he seen me and then he just done that, but, well, whatever. But, I mean, that was the, probably the worst thing that happened last night. I mean, I, I nearly got arrested last night for fucking pissing in the street in Bourbon Street. I had my fucking... I had pizza in one hand. That's Dave Lagana. I had pizza in one hand and uh, my willy in the other. Your willy? Aye. <laughs> so you didn't get arrested? No, I never got arrested. I never got arrested. I never got arrested. But, uh, but it's only... Right now, this is Friday. It's only Friday. I'm here till Monday, so there probably is... There's a good chance. There's a good chance that I might end up... Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to be arrested because I'd love to get my mug shot. Yeah, maybe you can get... Like, I feel so sorry for Bram. When you type in Bram into Google and you go to images, like, the first thing is, like, <laughs> the first three pictures is his fucking mug shots. If you got a mug shot, would you, like, be smiling ear to ear? I'd pretend... No, I'd pretend it's, like, an 8 by 10 I'd be mm-hmm. fucking, like, oh! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> hey, speaking of fucking getting stuff done, I see Vicky Guerrero's over there and I'm, and I'm really considering paying the 20 bucks for um, getting to, say... Excuse me. David Garner just walked by me, man. Just no sold me. David Garner, I know you're going to listen to this podcast, but you just walked by me right there and completely no sold me. And we go heat. So the shit stir that I am, what did I do? I went and uh, I went and grabbed David Garner. He's right here. Hey, he, walked, he walked right by me. All right, the he reason no I didn't want to bother me. him, but he was happy to bother me. But, but, I mean, before you said we, you asked if he got heat. Now you can ask him right in person. Aye, have, we, have we got heat? Well, he just he just said he wanted to wrestle for the NWA World Title. Yes, yeah, and I said, was taking great and I was so much And politics. I said, I'm not doing the job. <laughs> We're changing his name to Grado Trump. I'll, so I'll, take that. I'll take that. That's good heat. He's, he's a good promo guy. Right, he is guys. a good promo guy. He's a good, well, I mean, he's a good promo guy. I just want to make... I, I am not... 
I am. If I, if I want for the NWA, I'm winning the belt. All right. I just listen on the on the record. I just want to make sure you guys are cleared up and your friends now. Oh yeah. He also took my wallet. So. No, he's not fucking getting away with us. Okay. <laughs> I might be there. You can't talk about his back anymore. Put the he's title right on me. Put the title on me. And that was while we were at WrestleCon. There was so much stuff that happened while we were at WrestleCon. I, I took pictures. I sold autographs. I sold my Wrestling Dreams book. And I had so many interactions. Some were taped. Some were not. And for the next couple minutes, we'll kind of dive into some talks and some chats I had while at WrestleCon. And who better than one of the staples of the convention scene? You'll listen to him. You might not know exactly who he is, but as you get into it, you'll be like, oh, yep, I got it. It's the one and only Todd Fulkerson, or as Terry Funk would call him, Todd the Bod. You're infamous on the internet. What would you say? For which reasons? Well, hell, every every I'm getting tagged all the time because on uh, those top ten lists saying what the hell happened to the wrestlers and what what went wrong with their lives. You always see me in bed with Sonny. Oh, you think it's the Sonny one? Yeah, so I'm in bed with Sonny. No, no, no. In my head, there's two. Well, well there's a Scott Steiner the one Scott also. The Scott Steiner one. You know, the Scott Steiner, that promo we were cutting was kind of hilarious because... Now, can you explain what, for the people that don't know exactly which one it is, because they can't see you right now. Okay, I gotcha. Give us a, a story behind it. Well, basically, you go back to the... There, there's conventions going on called, you know, Wrestle Reunion. Wrestle Reunion lets you be able to do promos with wrestlers. So basically, I went ahead and did a promo with Scott Steiner. And he was, you know, he's a good guy to be able to do this. So he just looked at me, dead-eyed, and goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I improvise. So I'm just going to sit there and do my stuff, and you come in and do your stuff. I know you're a professional, so do whatever the hell you want to. Just don't please, don't, don't hurt me. And he started laughing. So he did it. And basically from that point, I wanted to take out, you know, Ric Flair. And I was thinking of something original. How do you take out Ric Flair? Well, he always wins. So what do you do? Get him drunk. Well, you could get him drunk, and two hours later, he's getting ready for a match. So we got to break his legs. So basically, get him drunk, break his legs. He's still going to wrestle. So how do you take him out? Well, he goes to Space Mountain all the time. So I thought, well, we'll get some chicks that have STDs and have them sleep with them. Ah. That's how. So you, right. And the way Scott Snyder said, thought that you were going to get all the STDs. Yeah, he thought, I'm going to get the STDs. He thought I was going to give him the chicks to give him STDs. So your plan was to get these women and ship them off to Rick. And ship off to Rick, give him STDs, weaken them down, get the pin, and win. But it was it was taken wrong. But hey, <laughs> I can see that. I think it's freaking hilarious. There's lots of views. If you search on uh, start YouTube for Todd's Autograph Arena, you can watch the video. That's funny. You and you... And you can sit here and laugh about it, right? Oh, hell yeah. It's funny. I love it. I love when people come and acknowledge me and say hello. hello. I'll see people staring at me all the time. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just come up and say hi. I'm not going to be a dick. I mean, I'm a cool guy. I'll take a picture or whatever. I'll I don't, do a promo I'll, with I'll do a promo with him. <laughs> yeah, I've done it before. I don't care. I love doing it. All right, I'm, I'm going to play it for you. Then what we're going to do? You, well, we're going to fuck the women again. We're going to fuck them again. But guess what? All those nasty women... We just gave you a bunch of STDs, so you're so weak, we're going to just beat your ass in the ring, break your legs. You got STDs? Oh, hell, not me. I'm going to give them that. They're, they're, they, have, they have STDs, remember? Yeah, but if you got STDs, you got to give it to them. No. You can't have not have STDs and not give it to them. Well, uh, no, you hell, fuck, no. You just tell them what girls you're fucking, and I, I'll stay away from them. No, no, we fucked the pretty ones. They fucked the ugly ones, remember? Okay. The ugly ones have the STDs. Okay. So you're cool. All you're, right. Yeah, we're all good. Booker T, Stevie Ray, you guys are going down. Yeah. All right, so keep in mind there's wrestlers from all over the world, all walks of life. The big one that I that I went kind of wild for is I saw Corporal Kirshner. I've, I've never seen him at one of these things before. I also saw Sid, who is advertised but is known to never show up for his advertisements. And he no-showed AIW. They did a podcast where they played the conversation that they had on the phone. They legally looked into it, and you were allowed to do it. And so, you know, I said, hey. Someone's got to stick up for the little guy. He's notorious for doing that. So he walked by, and I opened my mouth. <laughs> Sid, AIW wants their money back. <laughs> Sid, remember when AIW bought that plane ticket for you? And you just didn't show up? You just didn't show up? No? He's looking right at me. Holy shit. He's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill you. 
I got to spend some time with the genius, Lanny Poffo. Hello, Coco Cabana. Are you still on the happy bus? I'm on the happy bus, and I think about Red Bastine every time I tell that story. Yeah. What a nice man. Did you, did you get any uh, feedback from uh, from when you told the, the story of the happy bus on, the, on my podcast after that? You wouldn't believe it. All the fans, uh, you know, I got a lot of, there's a lot of positive energy from that podcast. Yeah. I felt it when we were doing it, and I was very proud of it, and a lot of fans came up to me. You, you, did you hear me on the podcast with Colt Cabana? Yeah. Yes, we did. The podcast was awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a story that, like, you know, I, I remember I told you, like, it was something you just kind of glimpsed over in, a, in an interview a long time ago, but it just, it, I really, it really stuck with me. And so when I kind of threw it out in the world through you, I still hear from a lot of fans who talk to me about the happy bus. Red Bear's team told me, the reason I like you, Lanny, is because you're always so positive and you've, you've, got, a, you've got the exuberance of youth. And that's why I want to ride with you I ride with these other guys, it's all negative. Right. And he says, well, actually, the only reason I was positive is because Red was in the car. So uh, sometimes I can be really gloomy. Oh. But, you know, uh, if you got a choice, why not take the happy bus? The price is the same. There you go. Amazing. Yeah. Lanny, great to see you, buddy. Thank you, Colt. Yeah. Mick Foley is headed on tour. He's going to do a signing at One Hour Tees in Chicago. And we were talking about it, and I said, hey, Mind if I turn this on and we could chat about comedy a little bit? And we did. We toured. Yes, we, we did tour. You toured. You allowed me to be with you. No, we were the double bill. Okay. We were, no, we you know, were. We were the, what did they call it? Like total extreme comedy? Yeah. And right at the beginning, I'm like, I, I don't really do extreme comedy. No. Like It was never like a great fit. But one of the things that I learned from, from that experience, you get out there, you tell stories. And like I... I was doing what every guy does, which is talk about his genitalia, because you're allowed to do it in public. And I remember an article that came out talking about the tour, and you were like, you know, Mick likes to go all kinds of places. I feel like the audience is there to hear wrestling. And at the time, I was like, no, they want to hear me talk about social issues. And then you eventually come around, and I was just talking a little bit earlier. When I went to the Montreal Just For Last Festival, I realized, man, there's like... 200 funnier guys than me in this hotel with decades of experience and it's like why are you chasing away the people who are most likely to want to hear you yeah you know so, so what i said stuck with you a little bit it stuck with me and there was another uh, a couple of things it's funny the things that uh, make an impression i remember you wrote me i mean yeah you wrote me a really nice note about what uh being on those shows and uh you know it kind of helped you out and, yeah uh, and, uh, and I'm glad, glad to see you're doing great. You know, yeah. I always thought that uh, the guys who took a pass for making a big mistake, that one of the most difficult things to do is to connect with a different audience every night. We don't have that kind of Pavlovian, uh, you know, reaction to the music. And I was like, here's my opinion. Uh, it differs from yours, but I always felt that way about you. And, but it's great to see you every time I come to Chicago. I see you on that billboard. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's more than one way to get over wow. I appreciate that, man. Great right. talking to you. Thanks, Cole. At one point, one man gang walks up to my table. He goes, hey, nice to meet you. And I go, I, sir, you don't know who I am. He goes, you're Cole Cabana, Ring of Honor. And my mouth dropped to the floor. You just don't expect it from these guys. And I was such a huge fan of one man gang. And to hear that just brought the biggest smile on my face, and I had to run over and I had to talk to him. I just want to tell you, that meant the world to me when you came up to me. Hey, no problem, Mr. Colt. I'm such a big fan of yours. All I appreciate, I'm a big fan of yours. And so. that you, that you uh, so many times, like our generation, and maybe you felt the same way, like in your generation, but like we just assume that the ones that we watched before are just like, well, they don't care about what's going on underneath us. Well, I'm not saying all guys, but yeah. you know, I mean, I. I try to keep up with what's going on the best I can, and you know, I, if I see somebody out and about at one of these conventions that I, you know, I want to say hello to and, and tell them, you know, I enjoy their work. Yeah. You know, I don't see anything wrong with no, it. No, it means the world to people. Some like guys that. won't do that. Right. You know? Of course. But, you know, I'm just a wrestler, man. I got a lucky break in life. I got to do what I, I love to do. You know, professional wrestling for many years and. I wrestled in the era, you know, where it was territories and everything, so I was the luckiest man in the world. And, you know, it's just all I was was a wrestler. I'm a regular dude otherwise, you know, and being a heel my whole career, I never got to interact with fans. 
you know, especially in territory days, yeah, we weren't sure. allowed to. You know what else I had to do besides run over and talk to him? I had to ask him. If he had done a long-form podcast, this would be the first thing I'd talk about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm asking him this question, go on YouTube and find it, because it's brilliant. There was a spot with you and Boss Man versus Hogan and Sam. You ain't even got to tell me what it is. You asked me about to fall through a rope. Yeah. That was totally an accident. I just missed the rope. Was it like a level of embarrassment or? Uh, it was a level of being knocked out for about 10 seconds. Oh, it did you in, huh? Yes. Holy shit. There's no pads. It was concrete. Yeah. You know, it was before all the big padding. So, uh, I, about 10 seconds, Slick come running over and said, hey, man, you okay? And blah, blah, blah. It was live TV, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Were you getting ribbed for that afterwards, or not at all? No, not at People, not not till recently. I mean, uh, the, but I mean, the boys were they no, giving you shit? No, not at all. No, no. no. Concerned uh, many more. Yeah. I'm the only asshole making, like taking, not making a joke. No, not about, true. Like, I mean, nowadays people ask me about it constantly. Okay, they do. All right, because yeah, they think it was part of the match. Yeah. No, I didn't think that. No, I, I'm thinking as a wrestler. Right. But yeah. I'm just like, fuck. No, man. it was total accident. I hit my head on the concrete, straight back. Yeah. Smacked it. I was out for like 10 seconds, you know, this is before all the concussion stuff going on. And Slick woke me up, man, you got you to gotta get up, man. You were on live TV, and I kind of dazed and kind of come to, you know. And then Hogan was kind of peeking over the corner, you know, about what's going on. Yeah, you and, see the clip, you can see him. Be, yeah, 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 and then you know, I finally worked my way back and was able to finish the match. You yeah, know? yeah. But, no, it was. Probably worked the next night, right? Worked the next yeah. night like, like it was nothing, you know. Amazing. We didn't have a choice. Right, of course. Legendary clip. Yeah, thanks. For the right reason. Thanks. That's, that's like uh, Shockmaster no. over here. No, he takes the cake out of it, right. But, but now it's a legendary thing. Everybody for sure. that comes over there wants that Shockmaster, Shockmaster, yeah, yeah. you know, so. Again, nice to meet you. All right, Mr. Colt. Thanks for being awesome. Not, a, not at all, man. It's a pleasure it. meeting you. Pleasure's all mine. You take care. Stay safe. Stay injury-free. Yeah, not going through those ropes, man. <laughs> <laughs> those were just some of the fun conversations had at WrestleCon. With new friends, with old friends, with with an enemy. Although that Sid thing wasn't much of a conversation. But another show that I had was with Pro Wrestling Revolver and AAW. And I think Fight Club Pro was involved in this promotion also. It was called Pancakes and Pile Drivers. It was going to be a special match. It was Joey Ryan and the Session Moth from Ireland versus myself and stand-up comedian Marty DeRosa. Friend of the show, friend of life. And I don't know, about a half a year earlier, Sammy Callahan came up to me and he said, I want Marty to wrestle. I think it will move tickets. And a lot of me was like, I don't want to leave WrestleCon. But then the other lot of me was just like, I know Marty wants to wrestle. I know this would be a dream come true for him. So how can I pass this up? And the match was booked and Marty was getting super nervous. And we met up in the hotel. We did a little strategizing. And then that's when I asked Marty his thoughts on his upcoming event. Now, Marty, I, not, not, we're not breaking any kind of kayfabe here, brother. Okay. But we just went over our game plan for yes, tomorrow. Yes, we strategized. We strategized. We know who our opponents are. We know what our strong points are, you, our weak points are, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we, we try to come up with the best game plan possible. Tell me about your nerves before coming up with the game plan and now where you're at now. And we haven't had this match yet. Okay. Pre-game plan. I should have talked to you before, but I haven't. Well, you were messing with me, I think. I think you were messing with me. Uh, when we do comedy stuff, I always kind of tell you, like, oh, we'll just kind of figure it out out there. And I so always I get think, super And you always off. get super pissed off and nervous. And not nervous, or whatever, a little nervous. I'm just like, you know, I'd really appreciate it if we kind of did this. Um, but I'm I'm confident in my skills. And, I'm, and, I'm, and it always On works out great. Yeah. On stage, it always works out great. You always do great. I'm always like... I, I feel like we have we have great chemistry, so it always works out. So with the uh, shoe being on the other foot, this I'm out of my element. <laughs> I don't I I haven't uh, done anything since like backyard wrestling. I did a little training, uh, and it was like and that alleviated some of the nerves. But uh, you just kept being like, "Well, I'll figure it out," and I was like, "I knew you were messing with me," and it was like kind of revenge. Um, but also, I was still kind of like, man, I am so nervous. And I've done stand-up. I've done all these things. But nothing made me this nervous before. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, God, what if I mess up? What if? And, I'm, and like, Sarah would always ask me, like, what, do, what is your biggest concern? What do you think is going to happen? And it's just like everything going wrong, everybody hating me, everybody booing me, you looking at me like, what are you doing? So once we strategized, uh, it alleviated a lot of the, of the fear. And then it's kind of that thing of like, well, you know, if... 
if everything kind of works out, like, I think it'll be real cool. Okay. So, uh, so you're in good spirits right now. I'm in good spirits right now. Now, when we're backstage and the music hits, uh, my fear is I don't have, like, a Davy Boy Smith SummerSlam moment where I'm just like, I forgot everything. <laughs> well, you do know the spec story behind Davy Boy. Well, yeah, he, yeah, and I'm not going <laughs> to smoke crack before this, uh, which is any good wrestler before your big match, don't smoke crack. Um, allegedly, uh, but thank you. But yeah, I know how to. I know how that goes. But um, I think I think uh, I'm I'm now um, hoping that uh, I'm hoping for the best, and uh, I think that if if all goes according to strategy, yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, we did the match. It was 11 a.m. We were on second. Uh, it was fun, so much fun. A lot of gifts, a lot of memes, a lot of clips coming out of this one. Something that you definitely have to watch. The people showed up, and boy, did they cheer for Marty DeRosa. And a star was born. He did the spots. He did the bits. He was an athlete. It's funny. I have a producer's credit on the Chris Gethard Show, which is now on True TV, for a wrestling match that involved myself, X-Pac, Rhino, and Chris Gethard versus Vacation Jason John Hamm and a coconut and a pineapple, which was played by Pat Buck and Kurt Hawkins. And that was so much fun. Essentially, the people at Funny or Die or the Chris Gethard Show, they you know, gave me the credit of producer, but essentially in the wrestling world, I was an agent. I, I put the whole thing together. And I love that formula. I love that kind of puzzle making, taking what people can and cannot do and putting it together and it resulting in a product. And so for me, that part was super fun, knowing that there's a lot of limitations in there with Marty DeRosa, but they were few and far between. I mean, he's not going to go out there and, and do some Johnny Saints shit, but he was definitely better than a lot of wrestlers I've wrestled over the years. So we did it. We lost, but it was still great. Post match. Yes. He, first of all, he did it. I did it. Second of all, he did a top rope Frankensteiner. Yes, I did. I haven't done that in uh, uh, almost 20 years. Did, did you guys have a ring back We then? had a ring. Oh, we bought did. it from the Nightmare Ted Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So tell me, take me through everything. Okay, when we talked strategy, I felt pretty good as as we talked about. Um, when we, we talked about the, hey, I think I could, I do this thing, and you were a little like, all right, I hope you're okay. What thing? The Conrad, the the Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And then there was a little like, just be careful. Then I was like, oh no, is this a bad idea? I have to say though, once we got out there, uh, I don't know. I like to think it was the performer in me kind of yeah. kicked in a little bit. And I was like, all right, uh, everybody was so awesome. It was a little bit like a blur where it went by so fast. Yeah. And then parts of it, I'll, I just remember like being like, all right, I know what I need to do here. I need to. It must be like stand up. Like once you, like you won them over right away, they were chanting for you. That's, I assume. They like, were good. And that, that alleviated a lot of the uh, fears. Right. That's like in stand up if you're at a show and the crowd is just bad. And you get that first joke off, and they laugh, and then you're kind of like, ah, okay. So for us, when we came out, everybody was really cool. It felt really good. Um, but then it was that thing of like, here we go. And in my head, I thought I was just going to go blank, jello in the legs, not know how to do anything. And uh, fortunately, uh, I think we, we did. I think we did all right. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. You're all smiles. I'm, I'm right all now. fucking amped up. You're all I'm smiles. sure when the adrenaline wears down, I'll I'll be ache. There'll be some aches and pains. Uh, Session Moth lit me up with those chops. They hurt. I got to say, those chops kind of like brought me down to earth. And it was like, oh, wow, this really hurts a lot. <laughs> uh, and the Bronco Busters that she gave me were fuck, like fucking hurt a lot. They yeah. really like were, they would like knock the wind out of me emotionally and physically. Um, but, you know, I think we had a lot of fun there. And once it was over, once that bell rang, uh, it felt so, so fucking good. Yay. Yeah. Aww. So thank you. Uh, for being my pro wrestling big brother and yes. helping me through that. And, uh, yeah, I think we uh, told a real story there. We, yeah. <laughs> After the match, I headed back to WrestleCon. I stayed there for a couple hours. Then it was time for me to go on over to Ring of Honor for Supercard of Honor, where I would be doing the commentary with Ian Riccoboni. And just watching the people file in was mind-blowing. Ian, we're about to start this pay-per-view. Absolutely, Cole. I, I can't wait, man. This is crazy. We had 3,600 last year. 5,800 this year, and the roar during the pre-show matches was incredible. It like, kind of spooked me. We can see everyone filing in. We're about five minutes away, so we're outside in the announcer's booth, I guess, as everyone's filing in, and it's going to start. And, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to calling a match with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The too. match is. Oh, it's gonna, every match is huge. I mean, Ring of Honor's on such a tear right now. 
uh, Cody Kenny, Dalton Marty, and everything in between. I, I can't wait. Our warm-up ritual today was to go to the back and get some lozenges. <laughs> so yeah, we've been. That's a Tony Schiavone tip. Yeah, Tony. Tony gave me lot the lozenge tip. Oh, we don't plug other podcasts on this show. <laughs> uh, just a friend. Oh okay, God, like Chris Marquis. Are you friends with, with Tony Schiavone now? A little bit. Yeah, I, I got that that secret. Uh, announcers podcast when you host the wrestling show you get the you get the dial in number every week for like oh I didn't get that number it's like the Justice League it's only for the play by play guys ah. yeah. Kevin Kelly's on it JR's on it us uh, us color guys are uh, we're changeable we're <laughs> replaceable I don't know. no you're you're one of a kind oh, we, thank we you. need we need you here it's not the same without you. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, buddy. I have been on a lot of Ring of Honor shows with very few people. Buffalo, New York, Massachusetts, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But here in New Orleans, a giant arena, mind-blowing. The show itself, I think, was great. I know there were some problems with the Honor Club, and I know people are tweeting me while the show is happening to fix it. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I understand the frustration, and I, I, I don't know. I'm not the one to blame. As a company who's responsible for that. I'm responsible for talking. And as you can hear my voice, that's what I did all night. And I, I think I did it pretty well. And it was a long one. It was a friggin' long one. And afterwards, uh, you know, I'm hanging out in the locker room and I see the hangman there and I just ask him his thoughts on the match. It was fun. It went over time some, but... Really? Yeah, whatever. They, they, I mean, they, the, the whole show did. Yeah, <laughs> it's 12.30, we're still sitting here. Yeah, we're done with the show. It's 12.30. <laughs> and you bring up a good point. Is I got here for like six? No, I got here for three forty-five for this game. But they were here at noon, right? Yeah, fans were here at. I mean, they were probably line. The first thing here was twelve thirty, so they were here at eleven or earlier. I'm sure. Right. So the people been in this building for Holy over twelve hours. Fuck. I can't imagine. <laughs> and they were fairly invested in yeah. the main, right? Yeah. Like, good lord. And you wrestled Ibushi. Ibushi, man, he's, so fun. He's, he's over. Oh my god. Yeah, he just like slow down and let things register a little bit with a smile like that. It's great. How's your, have you, have you taken anything this weekend? Taken you two my illicit drugs? No. Have you taken in anything? Oh, taking it in? Yeah. No, I haven't. I got here almost midnight last night and then slept to spray tan, came straight here. <laughs> I've seen this building, like legit, that's been really? it. And the drive here, I stopped at the CVS and bought a water. <laughs> See, I feel so bad for like the Ring of Honor contract to because WrestleCon and all this stuff, it's such the Wild West and it's so much fun yeah. and it's such a gamble of like if you're going to make money, if you're not going to make money, and what shows you're going to do. But Ring of Honor is just like one show in and out just like every other weekend. And that's when yeah. stuff gets kind of like WWE, like boring, like you right, just yeah. in, out, in, out. Yeah, I get it. I, I miss doing the WrestleCon stuff. Like the last time we were here in New Orleans, I was working the WrestleCon like with the guys. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, yeah, like I did the 12 hour ride from, oh, you know, like shit. to Charlotte. That was and down oh, the last time I was here. Well, they, yeah, no, right, oh, right. Like what, like four years yeah, ago? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I was working the, the WrestleCon. And then tonight, 6,000 people. Here I, yeah, yeah, here I am. But, but I mean, I miss, take... I miss that. Like mm -hmm. it, it is the Wild West, and it's just like, you just see like the most random. The best. The, yeah, it's. It's ridiculous. My, my favorite one today was <laughs> Mick Foley was signing, and his, his table was a long line, and then Mr. Hughes just sat down at his table <laughs> and was, like, trying to sell autographs and everything. So uh, this is what you're missing out on. I miss it. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't think I, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's chaotic when you're doing it. I didn't think that'd be something I'd miss. But yeah. Damn, I'm here, and, like, there's all this wrestling in New Orleans, and all I know is this building I've been right. in all day today. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I'm going home in the morning. I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah, you're going home tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, tomorrow morning. Yeah. Well, you're missing a great experience. Right. Yeah, I know. And I know what I'm missing because I've done it. Yeah. Um, well, hey, next year if you want to work uh, the the tables for high spots, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure that I'm sure you, they'd let me. I'm sure they. I'm sure they'd give you twenty dollars and a free ticket to the show, <laughs> right, or whatever yeah. it was. I'll be doing subway runs for yeah. guys and taking <laughs> taking tickets and stuff. Right. You know, I got a. I did a. One of the the wrestle cons, it it might have honestly, it might have been here. Mm -hmm. um, would Generico have been here at, at, like four years ago? I think so. Yeah. I think me and my buddy worked the WrestleCon here, and you and Generico asked me and my buddy to go get you guys sandwiches from yeah. Subway. <laughs> and uh, I, we were taking tickets from somebody, but I don't. Cole told me to go get him sandwiches, so we went and we got in a ton of trouble. Did you? Small really? small old story. Yeah. Somebody tweeted me about that the other day about me running to get you sandwiches. I don't know how somebody knew that, but... 
And today yeah. I got you sandwiches. You didn't give me a sandwich. I know, but it would have been, <laughs> been a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The weekend is it's not over though. I get back at around one uh, thirty. I go to bed, and uh, I got to be up early Sunday morning for more festivities. It's Sunday morning, and I'm about to go to a breakfast with the fans. And then go to WrestleCon. The weekend is winding down. Just to give you a picture of, like, I guess life on the road. I'm sitting in my hotel room. And I'm in my bed. But I'm not the only one in my bed. What a... <laughs> Hartman! Uh, uh, this is just life on the road. Which makes it just sounds like, oh, yeah, we just all just bang each other. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Grado needed a, a, a room, and I had a king size bed, so we we split a bed this week. How how was I as a bedmate? Oh, brilliant, perfect. Um, I realised yesterday you were struggling quite a wee bit to get uh, to get asleep, but you told me it was your uh, jet lag for Japan, so I could understand. So I felt a bit of sympathy for you. And obviously every time being a bedmate, you need to be paranoid in case, like, you know, with how, you know, the etiquette, the etiquette of being a bedmate, you know, how many times you need to go to the toilet, how many times you fart. Yeah, I thought we were both with great etiquette. We both hugged the corners of the bed. Yes. Um, so that I, we could have squoze two more people in this bed, I think. <laughs> well, I, I there was quite a bit of space in between. Hey, you're, you're invited anytime. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was one of the nicest things. Anybody has ever done for me. Yes. Thank you very much, Pokemon. I will be I have a wonderful breakfast. I sit at a wonderful table with a lot of great fans. I go upstairs with Marty to a hotel room where we film popping dogs and something hogs with the best friends. Stone Cold Steve Austin is in the room next door hanging out with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. And in my head, they're also doing a High Spots uh, DVD series for their network. And then we watch WrestleMania. Let me tell you, how much more fun WrestleMania is when it's a nine-hour show if you're in a room with funny people who really don't care that much and just want to make each other laugh. And that's what we did. It was a room full of comedians and wrestlers and like-minded people trying to find the funny in everything and anything, and that's exactly what happened. And if you're trying to picture it, just imagine. Imagine the jokes that went down when that little boy tagged with Braun Strowman. It was about... 12 straight minutes of jokes and bits about this poor kid. And that took me through the night. It's 5.40 in the morning. And uh, I'm about to head to the airport. To fly home. <clears throat> and go to China tomorrow. Off to the airport, sleep on the plane, get home, edit the clips, put in the podcast, go to the gym, do some shopping, do some laundry, ask your mom to record a segment where people can ask her questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCabanaMom, and I did. I made her watch a Scott Steiner clip. He was there. He was a couple seats down from me. So scary. And I know he's a sweetheart, but so scary. I'm so scared of him. And we're going to hear what my mom has to say about him right after those plugs and... Upcoming events! All right, the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram, at ColtCabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, also slash ColtCabana, my storytelling podcast, Pro Wrestling Fringe, plus past archives of this show, they're ad-free. The classics are all there on StitcherPremium.com slash Colt. 
Use the code Colt. Get a free month. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe a promoter will put me on your upcoming show or convention. You can be documented on this very show. I also have a YouTube channel. I also have a website, ColtCabana.com. That's where I got a P.O. box. You can send me something fun. Upcoming April 14th, Wenzhou City, China, HollywoodWrestling.com. Thursday, April 19th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Facebook slash ICW Milwaukee. Friday, April 20th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, ZelloPro.com. Saturday and Sunday, April 21st and 22nd, Dallas and Denton, Texas, ImperialWrestlingRevolution.com. Friday and Saturday, April 27th and 28th, West Palm Beach in Lakeland, Florida. I'm doing commentary, ROHWrestling.com. May 4th, that's a Friday, Brooklyn, New York, WrestleProOnline.com for the wrestling. May 5th, I'll be doing a training camp. If you've had some training before, come get some more with myself, Tom Pritchers, Pat Buck, and Rip Rogers. That is also WrestleProOnline.com. Saturday, May 19th, Nashville, Tennessee. Facebook slash Overdrive Pro TN. Music, as always, is by Superfun. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Ship. Podcast cover art design by Jimmy Lee. Photo by James Musselwhite. Huge thanks to everyone who appeared on the show this week. Jerry Lynn, Mikey Whipwreck, the crew from American Marketing Association. Chico, Rocky Romero, Jack Evans, Jeff Cobb, Matt McCarthy, Vince Averill, Grado, Dave Lagana, Marty DeRosa, Lanny Poffo, Mick Foley, One Man Gang, Ian Riccoboni, Adam Page, and Todd the Bod Fulkerson. Huge thanks to our sponsors, HighSpots.com, the VOD service where you can get those popping hogs with the best friends. Also some $5 wrestling, AMA knee pads, gear, mask, wrestling ring, and so much more. One Hour Tees, they help run Pro Wrestling Tees. That's where you can support your favorite independent wrestler directly or come into their shop located in Chicago, Illinois. All right, now send it over to my mother. Again, just tweet over hashtag AskCabanaMom and she'll answer a question just like this. Your thoughts on Scott Steiner. Hello, it's Mama Cabana from her studio apartment in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm a Mama Cabana now, but I was young once. And Scott Steiner, with your big arms and huge body, you are totally unattractive. You remind me of someone. Someone who's narcissistic, arrogant, a bully, a know-it-all, and intimidating. Why do you always think you're right? You wear that gold mesh headpiece? You must think you're married to Cleopatra and sailing down the Nile River to your next wrestling match. You claim you had sex with more women than Wilt Chamberlain. How many had a sign a non-disclosure agreement, or did you pay them off? With your University of Michigan education, I thought you'd be a CEO of your own wrestling organization by now. What was your major? Certainly not communications. With having to have all those women constantly surround you and being so braggadocious, You probably lack self-confidence, and that's how you come across to me. I don't mean to bash you, but with so many great-looking wrestlers on the scene, you just don't make my top 20, or 30, or 40 for that matter. Thanks, Mama Cabana. Thank you, Mom. I love you. So well put together. (laughs) This has been the Art of Wrestling for Colt Cabana. I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks. Thanks.